Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. Ready to talk some fantasy with my friends, Charles. Yes, we say friends today because we have a very special announcement. We are joined by Robert V.S. Reddick, author of Master Assassins and the Chathrin Voyage Quartet. And we are also joined by Blaze from Under the Radar Books, book blogger and Discord extraordinaire, because we are joining forces to do a read-along, everybody. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> This is the first ever read-along on Friends Talking Fantasy, and what better way to do it than with the author himself, Robert V. S. Reddick. Welcome to the show. And to be clear, we're reading the Chathryn Voyage Quartet, everybody. The Chathryn Voyage Quartet. Robert, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Charles, Dylan, and Blaze. I'm, I mean, wow, this is really lovely. It's been, it's been a few years since I've thought about the series this much, and you're giving me a chance to, to do it again, so... So thank you. That's really awesome to hear. And this came about, we've been working on this for several months now. And I know a lot of it was through Dylan and Blaze's um, mutual love for the Chathryn Voyage Quartet. I've never read the series, but I know Dylan Blaze, you both have experiences with it. And I'd love to give you the chance to explain that. All I will say is that Dylan, very early on when we discovered our mutual love for fantasy it was like game of thrones was the first book we talked about and then chapter and voyage quartet was the second thing dylan talked about so he has been praising it for a long time and now i'm super excited to read it but dylan maybe you want to kind of tell that story a little bit more oh yeah sure so uh when i was first getting into fantasy uh, a little bit over a decade ago uh, the game of thrones show got me interested in the genre and then i started reading the uh, song of ice and fire books and then i was looking for something new and i was on i think it was this website we talk about sometimes called bestfantasybooks.com and looking for recommendations for yeah (laughs) looking for recommendations for books that were like game of thrones and the chatherine voyage quartet is actually one that was recommended as similar because of some of the uh, politicking that goes on and the complex characters and all that so uh, it was it seemed interesting the premise of a book on a giant ship seemed unique and I dove into reading that series uh, way back then and I absolutely loved it and uh, it's it's such an awesome series watching characters grow i got so attached to them i just cruised through uh, all four of the uh, books i just was like i remember taking the books to like (laughs) the dairy to like dinner and reading it while eating (laughs) and things like that and i just couldn't be peeled away from it (laughs) oh yeah so (laughs) awesome yeah, when and Dylan gets obsessed, I, you know it's serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I attribute my love of the Chatter and Voyage Quartet basically to turning me into a, a, a like fantasy nerd, like a all-out uh, fan of the genre, because I think there's lots of folks who love the Game of Thrones show, as we know, or even went on to read the books and all that, but then didn't necessarily take the next step to like oh what else does the genre have to offer yeah it's like do and i like fantasy I to, or do i like yeah. game of thrones you know it's like what do you like if chapter and voyage quartet was bad who knows where it would be today would there be a show 
Who knows? <laughs> Probably not. So I always say it was that I love the chapter in Voyage Quartet that made me say, oh, I think I'm a fan of fantasy overall rather than just like, oh, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. So yeah, thank you, Robert. And it's thank so you. awesome to be doing this now. I feel like I'm going back to my roots. <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's yeah, and you had mentioned it on like our underrated fantasy series episode we did that was very popular a few months back. And I, I think that's where we kind of fell in lies with Blaze and, and what Blaze does. Blaze is a mm-hmm. book blogger known for reviewing sci-fi and fantasy books that you know, are, quote, under the radar. And he does a fantastic job reviewing and discovering some of these series. And I think when Dylan uttered Chathryn Voyage Quartet on the show, and into existence i think that kind of got on blaze's radar for lack of a better word right blaze (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) he's the best in the biz (laughs) so blaze why don't you tell us more about your experience with uh the chathwin voyage quartet and how you discovered it and why you think it's it's such a good candidate for our first read-along together so sure so thank you both for having me on and thank you Robert, for joining us on this fantastic adventure we're about to go on. Yeah. So similar to so similar to Dylan, um, I first read the Chathryn Voyage around the time I read Game of Thrones as well, and I was looking for other series that were kind of like in that similar vein, but maybe uh, offered something a little different at the same time. And for those of you who've never heard of this series before, the Chathryn Voyage, it's the Chathryn is a huge, gigantic ship. It's basically I think it's like twice the size of the Titanic. There's hidden rooms in it. There's a bunch of different characters that we meet on it. And it's going on a, a journey which, um, between two empires that are at war with each other. And just the character interactions, the mysteries, the twists, the political scheming in the background, and all of that good stuff, it just really drew me into it. And the fact that each book in the series is a little different and slowly but surely progressively gets darker. Like the first book yeah. kind of a little bit more, kind of like a YA, but it has some dark moments as well. And then book two and three really jump started it. And then book four is just a masterpiece, Robert. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the ending. Yes. So did he, how, how, how good was he, uh, Robert? Did he do a good job summarizing those series? <laughs> I think that's great. And I think, yeah, you're, you're spot on glaze that, um, so it's weird that I, I always like to tell people because it's not um, that obvious from the packaging um, that I have a puppy. I'm going to let out of the room. Hey, puppy. <laughs> puppy cameo. Puppy cameo. Oh, what a cutie. Go out, dog. You're very cute. Get lost. Sorry about that. I was saying um, I like to tell people because you can't really tell from the way the books are uh, packaged and published that... Um, it's sort of a YA adult crossover series. And as much as it, uh, book one is, is definitely more YA than the rest. Um, the, uh, the publisher, the original publisher in uh, the UK, because it came out in the UK two years before I got a uh, US deal, they, were, they didn't have a YA uh, imprint, but they wanted a YA book. And when they started reading it, they really fell in love with it. And they said, but this is more than YA, this is something else. And I said, okay, then. So we made this decision together. I guess, no, I can't put it on anyone else. I made the decision that the characters were going to grow up super fast. And um, 
you know, we, we stay with the same characters, but what they go through experientially really just matures them a lot. Mm. They go through hell. And so by the time yeah. you get to the they're much more like, you know, veterans of an awful lot. And I think that the style of the telling also matures kind of reflecting that. that they're, they're much more thoughtful uh, people with a lot more on their minds by the time um, you get to book four. And I think that um, it doesn't make for that schizophrenic read, really, because I think there's a lot of through lines that go right from book one. But, you know, maybe I sucker a certain audience in with the, the lighter tone in book one. <laughs> um, mm. I don't know. It's not super light, but but there's a difference you can tell. So, yeah, so it, it's a, it's a, it's its own thing, you know, um, it, it's a hybrid of some kind. Right. Yeah. So a lot of the characters are young and yeah, they're young and they're still young at the end, you know, in terms of years, but not in terms of uh, the way they see the world and what they've been through. Yeah, I'll say that that's one of the main things that stuck with me about the reading experience I loved about the Chaffin Voyage series is that you get to see the way the characters really progress after everything that they've been through. And I remember just stepping back at one point when I was reading book four and just being like, wow, like these characters have changed so much and grown up so much. And just what they all go through together is a really amazing experience to read about. It's, uh, I, I still, I think this is what I said on that underrated books episode too. It's like, uh, I still can't really think of a series so quickly that has that level of character uh, growth uh, from the beginning to the end, especially in uh, four books. Uh, I know there's some series... <laughs> that have like up to 14 books or whatever <laughs> that can be hard to compete with. But still, that being said, uh, incredible character progression and that YA to more adult aspect of it really gives you the chance to drive that home. I think part of it is that they're really quite sure they're going to die for a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. sort of focuses the mind, you know, you know, what do you want to do before you die? So. Mm. It, it starts out YA and grows up fast, I guess you could say. <laughs> so, yeah, we're super excited to be doing this read-along, and there's so much to be said. But first, before we get too much deeper into what the Chathwin Voyage is and why you should be hyped to be joining us in the read-along, I will just say that the way this is going to work is we're going to do episodes... Uh, every month, starting with the first book in December, first Monday of every month, and we're going to read all four books. And throughout that, we're going to have Blaze's wonderful Discord, where he's going to have each book separated with by broken down by either chapters or segments of the books. We're still in development, but Blaze is going to do an awesome job separating those out. And we will all be there chatting away, talking about the books throughout the next like a five-month journey we're about to embark on. So <laughs> super excited to be doing that. And we're going to have a, we're going to kick it all off with a giveaway, which I'll get more into at the end. But Robert has been kind enough to sign multiple copies of the first book that we are going to hand out. And it's very exciting to to, to be getting that journey started so with that all said we'll get more into the specifics towards the end of the episode but uh robert just to give us to tell us more about the chathrin voyage quartet and the red wolf conspiracy 
specifically the first book. Um, something that Dylan has often mentioned to me when talking about this book is that the setting is very unique and that it and, and then Blaze had mentioned this as well. It all takes place on a giant ship. Is that right? Well, a lot of it does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're with the ship from page one pretty much to the, the end of book four um, with some shore leave, you know, periodically. But yeah, so the Chathrand is a preposterously large five-masted 600-year-old sailing ship. Um, it is the last of its kind, last of a, a, a series of ships that w- were built in a uh, history that's been lost in a place that's been forgotten. Um, the secret of the, the architecture, the naval architecture has been lost, so no more can be built. And significantly, uh, these boats, these ships were built to cross the ruling sea, which is the huge sundering sea, the ocean that uh, separates the northern and southern hemispheres of the world of Alifros. And um, so this is the one known vessel left uh, in the northern hemisphere where the where the story opens, uh, capable of crossing that ocean. And uh, it is it's priceless in all kinds of ways. It is the uh, the prized possession of the Chathrand trading family, which is a, a ancient family of immense wealth it's very close to the emperor of the the largest power in the northern northern hemisphere and uh when we get started with this it's being sent on a mission that we have our doubts about the truth of from from page one um there is a uh, a long long war that's been simmering a sort of hot cold war that's been simmering for a few centuries between the Empire of Varkwald and, and their great, great uh, rivals to the west called uh, the Mazithran or the Mazithran kings. And as book one, the Red Wolf Conspiracy opens up, peace is on the horizon, we think. And uh, to seal this peace between the two warring empires, a uh, someone from the military nobility on each side uh, is going to marry the other. And one of our uh, early on protagonists, Sasha Isik, is the daughter of the fleet admiral of Arkwall. And she is, uh, she's pulled from an oppressive uh, uh, girls' school and told by her father and her father's concubine, your fate is to go to the Mazithrin and marry a, a prince of the Mazithrin so that uh, we can end these centuries of war. And, you know, you're not consulted. That's just what's going to happen. <laughs> And it is the the Chathran, this great ship that's supposed to take her to the neutral island where the treaty is going to be signed and war, and peace will finally come. However, the Chathran has not sailed far before we begin to find out that there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. And it may not be mm-hmm. peace that uh, Arkwall and Arkwall's spy guild has in all, um, but a new and utterly decisive escalation in the war. So that's sort of the first uh, pebble rolling down the mountain. Um, <laughs> but there's layer after layer after layer of, uh, yeah. of plot. <laughs> and um, and we, we meet a lot of people. We meet a lot of different species. Um, we find out that there are more than a couple of species of intelligent creatures on the, the ship itself at the beginning, and we meet a lot more along the way. Wow. Um, Alifros, this world, is, is populated by quite a lot of magical creatures, and um, 
and, and intelligent species, and they all have their own histories and languages and, and ends. And and I had a really, really, really fun time dreaming Alifros into existence, really for mm. decades, because it portions of it um, grew and evolved out of um, out of role playing. Portions of it never had anything to do with role playing. You know, uh, some of it you were, you know, early juvenilia stories that never went anywhere, but still had the germs of good ideas in them. You know, I'd say 80% of it came came into coherent form just for this quartet. But um, I feel like it's a place I've been dreaming about my whole life. And it, when I sat down to write these books, is when I finally kind of woke into the telling of it. And uh, <laughs> And they won't leave me alone, those characters in those places. So I think mm. eventually I'll be back. <laughs> That's Can't exciting that, to hear. So, Blaze, it sounds yeah. like there's a lot of really exciting... For me, what, what drew me from what Robert was just mentioning was the political intrigue, obviously, the characterization, the the unique setting, which is you're on a ship for most of this. Um, I'm wondering, from your perspective... Um, who like who would you recommend this book for and like what are the reasons you would recommend this book to somebody if they started listing off some of their likes about fantasy so yeah great question so the chatron voyage i would recommend to basically any lover of tra um, traditional ya fantasy and also people who want to get into more epic and a little bit on the fantasy yeah. side <laughs> um it quickly, um, it quickly sets the tone of where the characters are, what their motivations are, where they came from. You also get flashbacks from certain viewpoints, and then it quickly grows from there. Robert, two of my favorite characters um, in the this series is probably the main character, most people would say, is Pazzle Pathcandle, and also the, um, the wily captain. I, I believe his name is yeah. Captain Milos, uh, I believe his name is, but those well, are Nilos. I, I, I tend to call him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nilos. <laughs> Nilos. Yeah. Rose. Captain Rose. Yeah. Rose yeah. <laughs> well, he's a baddie. <laughs> so, just reading about those guys, and especially Pazzle, and I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but he has a, I'll just say, an ability. Um, and we learn about it throughout the, throughout the course of the books. And um, I guess I just want to know. How did you come up with that like, ability for him? Or was that something that just stuck out in your mind? Or did you just want to insert oh, it? Oh, wow. Well, I guess, you know, you can you can tease somebody. It's not quite a spoiler unless they go looking to spoil it later. But it, I yeah. found out after the fact, the nice trivia point, that when Barack Obama was asked what superpower he'd like to have, his answer was almost, well, was, was the good part of Pazzle's ability. Mm. <laughs> now, Pazzle has, Pazzle's thing is a gift slash curse yep. because it's very, very much a gift until it starts going wrong and then it's really <laughs> nasty to have. Wow. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I'll try not to give it away too, but you know, <laughs> it has something to do with travel and uh, world experience and, um, you know, raised as I was in, Iowa in a very small town that felt very small, you know, like very much like an island in a sea of corn. Um, <laughs> something that would make me instantly more worldly and a better traveler was uh, a dream that I could easily get behind. 
So mm -hmm. I suppose it was something like that, you know, like Obama. I thought that would be cool <laughs> and save me a lot of work. <laughs> but, um, I'm looking so, forward yeah, it's, to it's getting it's hard to that. sort of talk around the spoilers, isn't it? <laughs> but that's something yeah. we can look well, we forward can get into, to because yeah. we're literally yeah. going to read every page of this book together yes. and there'll be plenty of moments to discuss it on Blaze's Discord. And this is something I'm super <laughs> thrilled about. Uh, you know, Dylan, Blaze, you guys had really lovely first-time experiences with the Chathrin Voyage, but mine is going to be, well, I started this book when I spoke to the author on Twitter who decided to do this thing and I got to read it along with them and ask all these questions and super excited to be able to open that up to the fans as well both of blazes on blazes discord and to me it's like i mean i can't wait to read through this and something dylan's always talked about that's kind of like hooked into my brain is like the ending man you, you gotta read it to the end and so i'm like okay okay sold don't tell me anymore i don't want spoilers so we're gonna go into yeah. these books chapter by chapter and we'll be here along the way to answer all your questions so when things like these powers start to present themselves we, we can go ahead hey robert what was the inspiration for that we need to know so super looking forward to that and i wanted to know uh robert what is it exactly that you're looking forward to about revisiting this series, especially now that we're going to be doing it along with a lot of other people online? Is there anything that you're looking forward to as part of this journey, or is there anything you're going to be paying attention to when you reread your own work? Oh, I'm looking forward to everything about it because, <laughs> I mean, for better or worse, I just really really fell in love with the characters. Mm. I mean, and I, um, I mean, I gave them a decade and a half of my life and I'd lie awake worrying about them. I'd, I'd, um, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd think of something that had, that they'd done and start laughing in my sleep and my partner would be like, what are you laughing about? That's bizarre. <laughs> you know, um, and so it, you know, I, I really, really feel both joy and gratitude when I see other people getting into it, you know, and it can be like, Oh, that character made me so mad. Oh, how could you do this? You know? Right. And that's, and yeah. believe me, there will be some, how could you do this Robert moment along the way? Because there yes, are some, there will. Yeah. Right. Dylan. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, yeah. I, um, my, my wife woke me up another moment you know she was staying up reading book two at a certain point and she was pretty much hitting me with a book like, no, no. <laughs> now we and can I, all do that over yeah. the internet now is just be like, how could you do this to me robert what were you thinking <laughs> but but you know and a lot of times you know later on she and other people you know friends would say yeah i kind of you did have to do that, didn't you? Yeah. And there would be times when I would too just be, you know, just so upset or so, you know, overjoyed or giggling or whatever. But I have to say, this may sound like I'm getting kind of woo woo on you, but it didn't usually feel like I had a choice. It was just, it was more like, like dumping a huge pile of objects on the table. And only one of them was, was the real one. And all, you know, mm. I wasn't really choosing so much as searching for the one that would work. So, you know, and, and sometimes it, that would just be alarming and scary. And um, you're talking about endings and without spoiling anything, I'll say <laughs> both the ending of book two, which is halfway through, and the ending of book 
four, which ends the series, <laughs> they're um, they're kind of shockers, and, and the, the ending yeah. uh, of the whole series is very polarizing. You know, it's um, mm. uh, it. Uh, you know, I've been told this was the most triumphant thing in the history of writing, <laughs> and I've been told, you know, actually, no one's ever said it was bad, but a couple of people have said this was really good, and I'm not sure I can ever bear to go through it again. <laughs> oh, <know>? yeah. <laughs> but Blaze so, and I are going to bear to go through it again. <laughs> it's been so too I'm long. forward to just the, you know, the, the real honor of, of sharing however people react, and I hope they react strongly and with, with their hearts, because that's, that's how I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to go back. You know, I, I haven't been free to because as I work on the fire, sacraments, the fire Sacraments, my current series, which is very, very much for adults, totally different, different world, different characters, the big anti-war, war novel, or war story. Um, those books, like any books in a series, you know, you want to write them fast enough um, for the fans to, you know, not lose interest or forget a book that came before. And so I just haven't had um, the, the freedom to, uh, or haven't given myself the freedom to go back and, and look at these books, even though I, I am pretty much resolved now that there's going to be at least one more book. I mean, it, it isn't a continuation of the story per se, because this story really does end in book four, but um, it does return to the characters. And, you know, there's some, mm. there's some unfinished business about their lives and new trouble that the world gets in. So that's also going to be a part of it. As I, mm. as I watch you all read and hear what you respond to, and uh, you know other readers, I think it's going to help set me up for uh, mm -hmm. for the writing of the book that returns to this world and to these characters Ooh. a couple of years from now. Wow, oh, guys! I mean, come chance on. to impact the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you're, yeah. You're in Robert's ear now, everybody, through Blaze's Discord yeah. to provide feedback to Robert. That's very exciting. You know, Dylan and I have never like done a read along like this before, so we're just super, super thrilled and i feel like this the chatham voyage quartet has been this part of our friendship that we've discussed i feel like i know enough about it to recommend it to other people i've never even read the first page so we, we've just kind of <laughs> talked about it that much so it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be such a blast and it, it, how many years has it been since the since the the red wolf conspiracy was originally published has it been like over 10 uh, how many oh yeah over 10 um I think I want to say uh, 2008 it came out in the UK mm -hmm. and 2009 in the US. Okay. Um, I'd have to go look that up. I'm not, I'm not uh, good at holding on to dates, but feels like a lifetime ago, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It, it was a whole different world back then. <laughs> so yeah, it was, a, and I started it, you know, eight years before it came out. So, wow. Um, yeah. So, how would you react to so like the way it come up came up for Dylan and I on the show was talking about this underrated series about it and then of course Blaze under the radar books uh, do you, can you shine more light on to, I know you said you had some stories about the release of this book and I was wondering if there's anything you can tell the listeners on how you like how now that it's coming to a new audience maybe have its initial release you had some stories about that you could share with us <laughs> oh well yeah I mean. There's so many different angles on it. I mean, first of all, I have to acknowledge I was super, super lucky. I mean, mm. I have a 
a lot of good writer friends who are extraordinarily beautiful writers who haven't been as lucky as I have. So if I start sounding like I'm complaining about anything, you know, please keep in mind that I never forget that at all. Um, and, you know, this has been a, it's been a kind of a fascinating education for me about how things can and can, can, can work well or not so well. I mean, certainly uh, my publishers believed and we're very happy to encourage the world to believe that this was going to be big, 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 you know, um, I was, uh, I was the subject of a, a massive, massive kind of, uh, let's whisper up a storm of excitement before Red Wolf came out. And, um, you know, among the things that they were saying is, you know, he's the next Philip Pullman, which, uh, I took with the biggest grain of salt imaginable. I was like, I don't think I am really not. No, probably not. Um, <laughs> as flattering as that is, believe me. Um, and then um, I remember the first, the very first uh, review that came out. Um, the first line of it was looks or, or the, uh, sorry, the, the announcement of it in social media by the author of the review says, looks like we found the next Patrick Rothfuss. And I'm like, no, probably. <laughs> wow. It's a lot of pressure. Maybe not. Uh, one thing, it's different, but, um, you know, so there was immense, immense, immense expectation. And I think the biggest shock for a lot of readers was that nowhere, anywhere on the packaging can you discover a admission that it's a sort of a, a YA flavor at first. And, mm. you know, it wasn't published saying, come read this YA book. Uh, but as I, as I think I mentioned this before, the, the, the first book does have a bit of a, a YA feel to it. And so that was kind of, you know, the people that picked it up were not uh, the ones who were looking for a YA read. Mm -hmm. And the vast, you know, multitudes of YA readers probably weren't aware of it so it was a you know a little bit uh people were like what exactly am i holding here and i think that was a legitimate confusion you know as i say that the it is a it's a hybrid really because the uh the storytelling and the characters themselves mature so quickly across the four books you know they they go through some unspeakable things and <laughs> they are called on um to just become far less provincial far less um, young, naive uh, 16 and 17 year olds and um, take on more than anyone of any age should be asked to take on. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so you, you don't have much of a sense that you're reading a YA series at all, I'd say by the, by the fourth book, um, but you go through an unusual transition for a series that you sort of see it move from one state to another across the four books. Anyway, so I think that was a little bit, you know, my first education was how vital it is to um, let everyone know very clearly exactly what kind of book they're holding in their hands mm -hmm. so that the ones who are looking for that sort of thing find it right away. And then, you know, um, the other thing that that's always been a bit of a, um, a bit of a frustration for me is that uh, there were some decisions about uh, the format that were made midstream that I think uh, 
we're really hard on folks who like to put a collection of matching books on their on their uh, shelf. Mm. To this day, you cannot get all four books in a matching format. It doesn't exist. Um, mm. In the UK, uh, to save money, they decided that the fourth book would never be put out in hardback. In the US, and this is, I think, the really the worst formatting decision I've seen in a while, um, <laughs> They started out with just a, a pocket-sized paperback and a hardback, a beautiful hardback, I think. But um, after book two, they switched that around entirely and canceled both of those and only had a trade paperback. So mm -hmm. for books one and two, you can get a pocket size or a hardback. For books three and four, you can only get a trade paperback. So nothing looks right when you put it up on the shelf. <laughs> no, no. And, and, um, and that too, I think, you know, people, you know, they were saying, wait, wait, I'm, you know, I'm waiting for the hardback or, you know, where's the, where's my pocketbook or so on. And, um, or I just want four that match, you know, maybe I'll look to the UK version. And by the time they realized that in the UK, you also couldn't get a matching set, you know, mm -hmm. people move on. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that was a, you know, a little bit of a disadvantage, but, you know, I should also own that this is a book that doesn't necessarily, or this is a, a series that, you know, I think, uh, has things inherent to it, no matter how it's packaged, that probably mean it was not destined to sell millions upon millions. You know, um, you can you can look back at cover art. You know, you can look back at a million different things that I was naive about doing it because it was you know my first my first sale, um, and all of those might make some difference. But I never want to uh, I never want to downplay that it's a very intricate story, and you know just what makes a, a certain number of people totally crazy that may make a, another part of the readership out there just say well, this is too much for a you know a day when i'm tired <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's possible too i mean it, it is intricate it's definitely mm -hmm. it's a it's a series where you got to you know maybe really focus or you know the 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 twists and turns of the plot and they throw you um, mm -hmm. and i mean it's a weird ass story it really is <laughs> you know there's talking animals who are not at all narnian animals they are you know they're talking for very very odd reasons they're trans-dimensional travelers they're you know eight inch tall sentient creatures who fall in love with humans and vice versa and it's like, yeah. wow <laughs> and, and i also i think that again this is what I think a lot of people love and which may be too much for some people. I've usually been told I'm a really, really generous storyteller and generous world builder. So this is a, this is like a 16 course meal of magic and weird and lots of characters, lots of intrigue, mm -hmm. death, birth, marriages, magical storms on and on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you're, it isn't, it's it's not super dark it's not you know tripping along you know tiptoe through the tulips it's in between that but what it is is a lot of calories it's a big old <laughs> banquet and so you know if you're looking for something that's just quick and done it's not that <laughs> right right that, that that's well said robert and blaze I'd, I'd love to give you the opportunity to kind of react to that but also what i would love to hear from you as someone who has reviewed 
a lot of fantasy books in a similar vein. I, I'd love to know what makes the Chathrin Voyage Quartet like such a prime candidate for our for our read along here. So yeah, so Robert definitely hit the nail on the head. I mean, I would hope so. He's the he's the <laughs> author. <laughs> um, it is a, a banquet to, to say the least. Um, at first, it starts off very very character driven, very linear, and then all of a sudden, it just expands, and you're you're like served yeah like a sixteen course meal. You got the you got the prime rib and, and the ham, and then you're getting then you're all of a sudden you're getting in a sorbet and something you're throwing in uh, the, the chicken, and everything kind of meshes into one very cohesive, explosive story, and the twists uh, and the shocking uh, revelations are just. I've only read a few other authors who've done that to me, and this one is definitely up there. So what makes the Chathard Voyage um, perfect uh, story for the read-along and quote-unquote under the radar? Um, it has to do with a lot with what Robert says, like either through um, mismarketing or the covers or the mispackaging. Not a lot of people know about this series. I, there's a lot of people who I follow and I talk to on Twitter and social media saying, oh, I have the first book, but I've never read it. I don't see a lot of people following it. That must mean, you know, it's probably not that good. And I want to say, mm, no, that's not the case. People don't know about it, um, but it's fantastic. Um, and that's what I've always tried to do. I try to find series that not a lot of people know about, stuff that I love when I was growing up and reading. That's just as good and not better than a lot of the best-selling authors on the market today um, and try to pump up and get other people to see it. So it has all the elements of a great fantasy story, um, character-driven world-building, magic system, um, political intrigue, twists and turns, just anything you could ever want. And I'm very thankful to be able to be a part of this and doing it. And, uh, well yeah. And and Dylan, what do you think? Thank you, Blake. Like, yeah, that was very wonderful. And you've got me yeah. even more excited than ever. And again, that ending keeps coming up. I can't wait to get there in five months. But uh, Dylan, um, <laughs> I, I know like the book has, has been around for 10 plus years. Um, what do you think our audience who's digesting it for the first time here in 2021, what do you think the things that they're going to be looking for are, are going to be enjoying the most about the series as someone who's read it and knows our, our audience more than anyone? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, you know, we've been talking about these aspects where it progresses toward getting more dark and some gritty elements and stuff like that. And I think we, we have a lot of grimdark readers and Abercrombie <laughs> fans. Uh, it, it's a totally different tone. I wouldn't expect it to be like Joe Abercrombie, but I think they'll appreciate a lot of the way that Robert's willing to, I guess, not pull punches. And I mean, we've we've talked about how contentious and emotional the ending can be and a lot of these twists and turns. Uh, there's There are things that, I guess, really subvert expectations in ways where a traditional story you're like oh yeah it'll just go this way and then robert hits you way harder than <laughs> what <laughs> what you were thinking was yeah. coming and i absolutely love that it's the same part of me that loves a lot of these grimdark books so i think our audience will appreciate that but where it the tone is 
way, way different in the pros and style for sure. And one of the things that also makes it an interesting uh, book to be getting to now is are these high, and I know Blaze mentioned epic fantasy elements. I mean, we really get to go to a ton of different destinations. Uh, there's monsters, there's magic, there's uh, wizardry and things like that, that uh, you know, a lot of modern fantasy has gotten so oh, focused on the gritty and dark and low fantasy elements that I think it'll be nice to return back to something that uh, came out a decade before and really embraces the high fantasy. So I think there'll be a lot to love for our listeners. One thing I absolutely knew was that if I was going to spend a decade plus on an epic fantasy series, I was not going to leave out monsters. I'm too much of a monster lover. And I wanted, I had monsters. I wanted to dream into life that were not like any other monsters. And they, that this was going to be a world with some of those. Thanks. Yeah. You know, it's, I hadn't thought about that, but it is true. Um, Grimdark does so many things really, really well. Um, and um, it, yet it, it, um, it comes with a certain burden sometimes. And, and that is, um, you know, there's certainly exceptions, but uh, I think a lot of times, yeah, you, you don't have some of those sort of real enchanting and beloved high fantasy elements, or at least ones that are, you know, very dear to my heart, um, mm -hmm. or, or they, they pass by very quickly as we return to the, you know, the, the horrid truth about human nature. <laughs> we love a good exploration on human nature for sure. But I agree, Dylan, it's an interesting point. We we have seen a lot of like new releases this year start to because it's funny because you have all these grimdark books that came as kind of trying to find a new voice against things like Tolkien and Lord of the Rings and even Wheel of Time and stuff like that. And I feel like now it's like coming around full circle where now we're trying to embrace more of those high fantasy creatures, magic, fun elements of fantasy, trying to bring those back in after a decade of reading all of these you know, very, like you said, like low fantasy, gritty, introspective works. So I think I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to this different setting. And I think people are really going to be interested in the all the politics you guys are discussing and just the amount you can to keep this banquet theme going, sink your teeth into. Um, I, I really do think that that's something that if we're going to embark on a five month long read along and st get to get into these mini discussions and throughout the books and, and people are looking for something that has a lot more to offer. And, and I'm, I'm thinking this is just the perfect series to, to use as a way to get into that with everyone and start this little community and getting this book, um, getting people talking about this book and being at the front of that. I, it, 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 the timing of everything just seems to be really good from that perspective. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, exactly. I'm just so honored that you all chose me. I really am. Thank you for that. And, uh, oh. You're getting me excited. And, you know, I thought of one other thing I, I really feel like I should say, you know, yeah. at the risk of tooting my horn a little bit. Um, uh, you asked me, you know, what, you know, what kind of readers um, might be the, the right ones, or at least mm. that's been a topic we've been sort of moving around. I should say I care so much about language and, um, you know, I, I never feel like I've I've uh, written to 100% of my ability, but I certainly uh, part of the reason I spent so long on 
each of these is, uh, I wanted the language to hold up really, really well over time. And I think that if, if you care about really good prose, um, you won't be disappointed in these books. Again, it may not sound very modest, but um, <laughs> it's certainly something that was on the, the, at the front of my agenda every single day that I wrote. So. Yeah, That's there's a reason you're getting the Rothfuss comparisons, even if the sales didn't hold up exactly <laughs> that way. The prose is great. <laughs> Those are there, and the characters are That's there as very well. Very high yeah. praise indeed. I'm looking forward to it. And now's not the time to be modest, Robert, because we are about to go on this huge read-along. And before I get into more of the nitty-gritty of what listeners can expect from this read-along, I'd want to give you one more chance or opportunity, Robert. Is there anything that readers should know about you or the Chatherine Voyage before embarking on this this journey with us? Oh, gosh. Um I think we've covered it pretty well. I mean, right. I, I guess I could say this, that it's um, for all the, you know, the sort of enormity we've been talking about, you really stay close to a handful of characters and their yes. relations with one another. And uh, that was important to me, you know, to, to have a, a sort of anchor in, in all of this uh, immensity, all of this, you know, storm of, of events and change and so on. And, uh, and so they, you know, there there are lots of characters who are important, but we have a just a handful at the core who we never lose sight of, and um, they uh, they care about each other. It's um, this mm. is, um, among other things, this really is a story about um, the difference between the the kind of family you're born into and a deeper family that uh, that you discover mm. and choose. So. That's that's probably en enough. Uh, I don't know what else uh, you need to know going in. Um, yeah, without you know getting into the spoilers, as you say. Right, right. No spoilers, please. Uh, so nope. let's let's get into it because listeners, we have a very interesting unique situation here all these different worlds colliding and that, that that presents this really interesting reading opportunity here we've got for you first of all we have robert vs reddick the author of the chathrin voyage quartet who's going to be reading along with all of us throughout this whole series and will make himself available on social media and discord blazes discord throughout this whole journey to answer questions react with us and we, and that's we, we're just so thankful that he's lending his his time to this series. We can't even believe it. It's going to be so much fun. Read along with the author, something we've never done before, and super super thrilled to be doing that. So that's fantastic. Along with that, we have Blaze's Discord. He's going to be setting it up for each book, and we are going to be throughout the next several months popping on there to join in the conversation with you guys about this book as about this whole series as we go through it so there's blaze's discord there's robert's expense knowledge and then there is the friends talking fantasy podcast so we're going to be talking throughout the whole month about the book we're reading on discord and then we're going to revisit all four of us every month we're going to come together to discuss the latest book that we've read in the series so you're going to get four other podcast episodes after this one one for each book in the quartet where we are going to really get into the specifics the meats of this 
wonderful, bountiful uh, harvest, this banquet here that is the Red Wolf Conspiracy is where we're going to start. So I believe we agreed that we are going to read these books or in the, the, the podcast episode is going to come out the first Monday of every month. Uh, the first one is The Red Wolf Conspiracy, book one of the Chatham Voyage Quartet, and I believe that date is December 6th. So that is when the four of us will reconvene again, and we are going to go deep into spoiler territory with The Red Wolf Conspiracy. I'm super thrilled to do that. But throughout the month, we are going to be on Discord to chat about the book and answer any questions you may have. Um, so the to to kick it all off we are we have put together this fun little giveaway that's going to go through the month of October uh basically the episode announcement was dropped on Twitter today all you got to do is make sure you're following Robert Blaze and Friends Talking Fantasy on Twitter and then just retweet the episode announcement and you're entered to win now guys we had to search we had to go on quite the hunt to get like like new new copies of this book as we said it's over 10 years old but we've hunted them down we've gotten a bunch of them not all of them survived the trip to robert <laughs> but robert has a small handful of them he's signing them and what better way to start your read along with the author himself than with a copy of the book signed by the author himself guys it's such a rare and unique experience you have to get on this which it's just a lot of excitement coming together here I think we have we have three copies, right? The fourth one didn't survive, right, Robert? Yeah, one didn't one didn't make it uh, <laughs> in the mailbox un, unblemished. But you know, I um I have a little hoard in the attic which I'm really overdue to uh, go sleuthing out. And if we're really lucky, I might have a couple more up there. Wow. So, so I'm going to do my best to put my hands on a couple more. From the collection from Robert himself. I mean, that is really <laughs> exciting. I'm telling you guys, these are hard to find. The audiobook and the digital book are readily available everywhere. And I know I'm looking forward. We were talking about before we turned the episode on how much we were looking forward to the audiobook version of the Red Wolf Conspiracy. So those are all readily available. But the physical copies, guys, we had to hunt down. So um, we've all got our copies. And we're super excited to get into it um so uh blaze is there anything else people should know about how to join the discord and how the discord's going to work yes so we're going to be doing this on my discord you can find my discord information on my profile with the release of this episode i'm going and share that, that information it will be my pin profile through on my pin tweet throughout the course of this uh, read along so you can well, you can more than welcome to join and i hope everyone does it'll be divided by books and then probably like chapters one through ten we're only going to be talking about those sections and then going forward until the completion of the book so oh and one more thing i would like to add yeah. whenever you complete book one make sure you have book two available it's not a cliffhanger <laughs> But the ending is a little, <laughs> it's, the ending is kind of abrupt. Um, I, I always thought of it, and Dylan, you correct me if I'm wrong. That reading book one and two, it's kind of like reading two. It's like reading two halves because it goes right into mm. book two, and then it takes off from there. So, just a little little uh, note to drop. But um, yeah, you might want to you might want to do that. I think yeah. that's pretty much true for all of them, to be honest. <laughs> um, pretty much, it's like one big 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 novel that wouldn't you know that needed four books to get it published so 
Yeah, they don't I remember. really stand alone. <laughs> I mean, you can, <laughs> but it's one story. Way more than the one I'm writing now. It's one mm. story, one big story. Yeah, I remember at one point I was cruising through. I forget between which books it was, but I had this ex- the experience of needing to get to the next one right away after each one. I was cruising through on them so quick that I realized, oh no, I'm going to finish it. I haven't even ordered the next one yet. And uh, I, I don't think I was even reading on Kindle or anything at the time. So I was like, I need the physical copy. And uh, I remember uh, having to wait a full day <laughs> without being able to read uh, the Chatham Voyage Quartet. And it was it was like torture being in between books. So I, I definitely agree with Blaze. You'll the second one ready (laughs) that is well said and i know i have my copies at hand but we're gonna give you some time it's only the it's early october right now so give you some time to win yourself a copy of red wolf conspiracy so that when november we'll start the read along we'll be all on the blazes discord chatting away and then you will we will all reconvene in early december to discuss the red wolf conspiracy and all of its its glory super looking forward to that and until then guys you're only a few follows and a retweet away from winning one of these books so we'll give you the opportunity to do that um again robert blaze thank you both so much for your time and commitment to this we're super excited to be working together i think this is such a really fascinating experience we're about to go through it it's something that i've never done before this whole like podcast blog author intersection and uh, i think we're on the precipice of something really cool so i'm looking forward to kicking that off um so i'll just give everyone a chance one thing i should mention you you know oh sorry yeah i just you know it occurred to me um something else that would be great for readers to know is that um being my first series and all that, uh, you know, n- no treatment was too was too good for it. So I, I loaded up my website with goodies, um, including a pronunciation guide um, and uh, a, a really handy uh, cross profile of the ship, so you can see what's on the different decks. And then, um, you know, the, the two professional maps that were made for the series are there. Also, you, you want to be a little careful because um, you can you can get into spoiler territory right on the website if you're not too careful. Mm-hmm. But if you just go there looking for some of the you know the nice visual things and uh, you know maybe the pronunciation guide uh, and there's some you know some extras there that are just fun along the way. I haven't even gone and looked at it for a few years. I should go refresh my memory too. But um, <laughs> oh yeah, there's a, there's this. I made a sound call. God, this is so geeky. <laughs> I mean, I sat down for like two solid days, just just pulling sound from anywhere I could and mixing and mixing and mixing to just sort of make an impressionistic, like uh, there's no plot, nothing, but it's like a 10 minute walkthrough of the sounds I imagine you would hear on the Chathran on the ship. Mm. Um, and you can you can listen to that on there. And everything, so <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You know, a series is expansive when the author is getting reminded of stuff that, that he did back in the day for the series as well. So definitely check it out. We're going to put a link to Robert's website in the description of the episode, but it is robertvsreddick.com. So that's a pretty easy URL to remember. So definitely go check 
that out. And there's a bunch of really cool stuff, as as Robert mentioned on there, including his other works. Uh, you know, you just had a book come out over the summer. So definitely a Sidewinders. 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 Yeah. So if you like what you're reading here, maybe grab the whole collection, right? Because why not? It's it's um, it's just empty your bank account Come on. exactly get get <laughs> copies multiple copies even you, you need your work copy your home copy your travel copy your collector's copy you know you need all of it so um check out all of other robert's work you will not be disappointed um and check out blaze under the radar books he's got a fantastic blog unearthing gems like these on a regular basis, I'd like some of the books you bring up. I'm like, I thought I was like one of the only people that read that. So I'm super impressed <laughs> by Blaze's work all the time. It's 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 an absolute so many privilege to be yeah. to be working with him now and bringing our communities together. To us, it's like such a huge honor. So Blaze, thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this and lending your time and expertise to to the Discord. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys as well. It's a real honor to, to be on this podcast and to do this read along with everyone. Well said. Dylan, <laughs> is there anything else we need to say before we part until December, I guess? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just want to express my gratitude too and my excitement. It's going to be an awesome voyage with y'all. Well said. Well, guys, uh, this is an official announcement. Adjust your TBRs accordingly. Get yourself a copy of The Red Wolf Conspiracy. Now is the time to kind of be getting those books in your collection, reorganizing the TBR so that we can all start reading in, in November. It's coming around, just around the corner. So we're looking forward to doing this read-along with everybody. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. But Before we turn it down for good, Robert, I'll give you a one last moment here. Is there anything else you'd like to say, mention about your work or the series before we wrap things up today? I'll give you the last word. <laughs> they won't leave me alone. Did I say that already? <laughs> They're still with me, these characters, and I think that's the sign that um, that's the sign that, you know, it was the work I was put on this world to do. You know, um, the amount of lost sleep I have had and continue to have just thinking about these characters. They're still alive in me. Mm. So uh, I guess I set out to do what I wanted to do. And that feels good. That's really Hope awesome. You all to enjoy hear, it too. Beautiful. 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 Really and I, I'm looking forward yeah. to meeting them. So. I mean, guys, there's nothing more to be said. Thank you all so much for listening. Go follow Robert. Go follow Blaze. And we will all reconvene for the read-along in just a few short weeks. Until then, everybody, thank you all so, so much for listening. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.